Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Bird on Bears fans, we're jumping straight into this thing. Bears head coach Matt Eberflus at the table right now for the presser. So we're going to jump straight into hearing from the coach about practice today. Uh, appreciate you guys for tuning in and rocking with us. Hit that like button, subscribe to the page. We do talk Chicago Bears daily on this channel. It's the only channel talking Bears out. Bears talk. Let's go. That's the, that's the one that we have uh, for you. Everything else is day-to-day. -day. You know, guys that have missed practice, they're, they're uh, just day-to-day -day with dealing with their particular injury, and we expect those guys to be back. Uh, that's that. Then uh, for review of practice, you know, yesterday we had a shorter practice. Uh, we thought it was good, crisp practice. And we got to be mindful of the reps this week because it's a short week. You know, we're playing, you know, a quick turnaround, uh, which I think is good practice. Uh, it's good practice for when we play Washington uh, during the course of the season. Uh, so we're kind of using that as as that. Guys have to focus, uh, have to be on the walkthroughs, have to be ready uh, for that. And I just told the players today, I said, you know, we have this thing called 48-hour preparation, and that's 48 hours before the game. Uh, you start thinking about how you're going to perform. Uh, you know, the X's and O's is over. Uh, all the thing uh, preparation now is mental. And we're working with those guys to create that process uh, during these preseason games. And I think that's so important for all the players um, because, you, you know, you talk about, you know, your job on a particular play, all those things, but you set your mind up for success in the 48 hours prior to. And uh, visualizing success, being successful in plays, um, doing your job the right way and execution, and then you – you know, get to a certain point where you get before the game and then you let it go. You know, sometimes it's four hours before the game, just kind of let things go, and now you just go play. You just go play. So that's so important to be mindful of that. And this is really our first road trip together, you know, going out to Seattle. And uh, there's a lot of good time in there. Bodie was good. Burn was good. Mustafa was in. good. Baki was you know, good. Jay was good. For coordinators too. You know, Let I me get them bare dimes in the chat. You got to be on the plane, studying, restudying the third downs, restudying two minute. And again, I know we're not in that part in terms of game planning like that, so to speak, right now. But um, it's really a good exercise for our football team to prepare for these road games. We know we got these back-to-back -back road games uh, during the course of the season, so we're going to be doing those, and we got to be on it. So. Uh, we're focusing on that, the, the preparation for that uh, during the course of this uh, short week going into Seattle. Now, the guys that, uh, in terms of playing time for these guys, you know, we plan on playing our ones. Uh, they're going to be out there, and we're going to play. And again, like I said last time, it's an individual basis. And it's a little bit shorter this time because it's a short week, you know, so we're not going to put the stress on the bodies, but we're going to go, you know, you know, six to ten plays depending on a series or two. Uh, with, a, with a limited number of guys, and then other guys might get 20 plays and we'll yank them from there. And then the young guys get, will get a lot of reps. And that's why if you saw the practice today at the end of practice, it was all ones. All ones were practicing because those guys are getting limited reps in the game, and then now what we're going to do with those twos, we got them off their legs, and they only had, really had a half of practice today. You know, you know, so then we're going to work into our normal operation tomorrow, travel, um, to Seattle and then work from there. But uh, I thought today was good. A lot of good situations again. Put ourselves in the fringe. Got a chance to work Cairo and some kicks. Uh, he operated good on, the, on those. Um, but overall, it was a good, uh, a good day. Um, from there, I will open it up to questions. Yeah. I know we haven't been able to, to talk with Roquan since he's been here. Has there been any progress made in between these two 
besides just coming down the bridge? Yeah, I, you know, obviously I knew that question would come up, and, and really I don't have anything. All I can say is that it is where it is right now, and we're day-to-day. -day. Is he in the building? Yes. Is he engaged? Yes. Um, and the next thing I would say that when he practices, and I'm not going to say when that is, when he does, uh, he will be made, made available to the media is, is what I understand. Traveling, is he traveling to Seattle? Yes. See how much of your day goes into checking in with him or Ryan on the situation. Um, you know, that's I'm not going to get into all that, but certainly I have conversations with all the players, and I have conversations with Ryan, you know, multiple times during the day. So, does it matter to you whether there's a fracture between him and the organization, or whether he's on board? You know, he's been at practice, and then he then he had that trade demand and wasn't at practice, and now he's back at practice. How much does it matter to you as a head coach and as a prospective head coach? Does it matter to you that, that he is on board or that there might be a fracture between him and the organization? Yeah, I would just, I would just say this uh, with all the players. You're always working on relationships. And I know I say that a lot, but it's so important. You know, so we're, it's with Roquan and any other player. So um, it's important to keep the relationship and communication open and on the table. And that's what we're, we're trying to do day-to-day uh, -day with all of our players. Do you feel good about that with Roquan, with the relationship with Roquan? I do. Matt, I think it's been a week now since he was taken off of Yeah, as as always, we're not going to discuss team discipline. You know, so we're if we if we uh, discipline a player, or find a player, all that, we're not going to discuss that up here uh, with the media or with the public. It's going to be in house, internal. Yesterday, there was the memo sent about you know a person contacting other teams. Is, is it to the point where it's a distraction for your team? Mm, I see the guys are focused. I see that they're ready, like I said, focused on Seattle, focused on our first road trip together, um, and wired in that way. Earlier from you, Kyler Gordon yesterday, and he said he thinks he'll be ready to, ready to play in Thursday's game. Yeah. Will he be ready to go, and what are you interested to see uh, from him to get some game settings? Yeah, with Kyler, and as I, I, I think I said it before the last game, we're getting a lot of guys back. You know, So we're excited to see a lot of players that we didn't get a chance to see um, in the first game. You know, so this is their first performance. You know, you're, I told the guys we're only judged by our last performance. And, you know, the only thing that matters is the next performance. And for those guys, like Kyler, it's their first performance in front of the, you know, in the lights. And he's going back, kind of a homecoming for him, so he's really excited about it. Yeah, he's going to get his plays in. So uh, we're excited to see where he is um, when he performs out there um, at his position. Coach, you've mentioned you kind of since the spring about the possibility of Tevin Jenkins kicking inside ever since Braxton Jones came in. Um, you did. And it didn't seem like that was the plan. When did that change? And what have you seen from him that's giving you confidence? Do you remember what I said in the spring? I do. What was it? Uh, we haven't talked about that. We asked you, he was like, who told you that? And we was like, we just asked him. But then what I say after that, you think? I don't know what you <laughs> <laughs> It's better to ask the questions. Boy, that's easy, isn't it? Uh, but... Uh, no, I think what I said, and, and I'll go back and look at it, but is, is that we, we're going to look at all combinations, you know, and we, we kicked him inside, and he's been there for a couple days, right, and he's doing a good job. And we're excited to see where he goes uh, from this forward, and we'll, we'll see how it goes. And this is another combination that we have. We're looking at it, and uh, we'll go from there. Will he work with the ones in Seattle? Uh, we'll see. You'll see when they line up. Yeah, because we're still working through all that right now. Yeah, we got time. Someone kind of given his situation right now, though, that might that would go beyond the six to ten plays to evaluate him at that like guard position. On yeah, he, like any position, you know, if you're not you know an experienced guy at your position, we're going to try to get you a little bit more. Um, and that's really at any position. We're going to try to get that. You know, those guys, you know, really don't have a limitation. You know, they might be, some guys are capped at twenty. You know. And some guys don't have a limitation. They can play as much as we want them to or need them to. He has so, little, he has so little football or NFL experience. I mean, even in practice. I mean, he missed last training camp and missed a lot here. Does that make it harder or easier for him to learn a new position? Uh, I don't know. He's uh, Tevin's smart. Uh, he's very smart, very athletic player. Um, you know, and like, you know, one of my mentors said this, and, and I believe this, and he ingrained it in my mind, is that you never put a ceiling on a player. You know, so you might have, uh, you always have to watch out that as a coach. You don't put a ceiling on him. Let him grow, okay? Let him do his thing because some people mature and grow at different times. And all of a sudden, 
they just grow into a player, you know, and grow into a really good NFL player. And that's for any position. We're never going to put ceilings on guys. We're always going to think the best for every player. That's, you know, the sky's the limit for you. And we're coaching every single player on the roster that way. Have you seen Tevin grow up just in the time you've coached him? Um, you know, I've, I've gotten to know him uh, more um, as a person, as a man. And uh, we're just excited where he is, you know. And, and, and to me, uh, he's growing just like a lot of the young players are. How have you figured out kind of the, the mechanics of how you want to handle the dance of these three weeks and, and making sure you get out of it what you want to get out of it? Yeah, it's, it's, it's a balance, you know, because, you know, you throw in these early games and that kind of puts a little uh, a situation there in terms of the reps and then you can't have a, a ramp up like you wanted to. So it's like a little bit different, but um, you want to see the guys. Like we said, we're going to play our guys. We need to play them because we need to see them because we have a young roster. You know, we have to see how they, how they work with each other, how they work and perform under the lights and, and how they do during game day operations. So um, it's been good. First game was, was, was solid, and we're looking for a solid performance this time. That's the most intensive work in Cleveland for the guy, the starting group? Yeah, we're still working through that. We're, you know, I think you got to evaluate your team every single week. You know, so we'll evaluate. We'll get back here. We'll figure it out. And uh, we got a couple practices, then a day off, and then we got that week leading up to Cleveland. So we'll see where we are. Have you dealt with a short week like this in a preseason before and the challenges that go with it? You sort of touched on a little bit. I don't, I don't remember. Guys. Yeah, I don't remember. I know it's this is my 14th year in the pro, so I don't remember doing this before uh, where it was this short. Um, you know, it's been, you know, a, maybe a six-day, you know, six-day stack. But um, there are some challenges to it, but uh, we're, we're working through it, and uh, it is what it is. Another question for you about Justin Fields, kind of in the big picture here. When you get in here and you're working with him, how much time did you guys spend with him looking through his film from last year and trying to correct things from that? Or was, or was there a different approach that you guys used as far as steering him? Yeah, back? I think early on we did that. Um, you know, way back in you know, the OTA time, we were doing that for sure, uh, working on his footwork and, and platform and delivery and all those things. We did that really early on. But some from last season? Yeah. Yeah. So now it's just, you know, now it's just day to day. We've got plenty of reps. We've got plenty of drills. We've got everything we need just to work on where he is right now and keep taking those steps uh, to progressing. How quickly did he take, when you guys talked about what you wanted him to become going forward, how quickly did he take to that vision? Oh, right away, right away. He's a quick learner and he's all in, you know, great, great uh, listener and he applies it to the field. So he's, he's great that way. And as an extension of that, how would you describe the way Luke puts demands on him, right, in, in a way that is, is constructive and, and productive for you? Yeah, he's like, you know, I think he's a really good coach in terms of challenging the guys in the room, uh, you know, to go through the reads the right way and, and teaching, teaching those guys what they are and then what when to deliver the ball. And uh, he's been great that way. And I love how the guys, you know, you always said, you know, model, inspire, challenge, encourage. And that's what I want from the coaches. And he does that every day. Is that a new acronym? No. Is that mice? I know you have to. Two more. Thanks. Cots. Um, those are technically personnel decisions, but are you a coach who likes to, you know, sit and, I don't know, you don't like it, but is it important to you to be in those rooms uh, talking to the players that you actually have to let go? Uh, yeah, I think it's important to do that, um, you know, because you're building relationships with everybody, you know, and you're coaching everybody. So I think as out of respect to the to everybody, you know, for their hard work and, and their and – their, uh, Attention and buying into the systems and and going out there and working. Hey, Mustafa, that's a fact. Respectful to do that. Last one, Cole, a little bit out there. How is that? Montgomery and Kamara. Okay. Do you have to weigh? What is your thought process in terms of whether it's worth playing them on a short? You know. Yeah, we're working through that right now for sure. But I think if guys can play, we're going to play them. You know, I think it's because uh, it's great work. Um, I, I think it might be, yeah. They have fresh legs for sure. <laughs> Thanks, man. That was Coach Fluce breaking down some of what the Bears have going on and preparing for their trip. It is interesting, right, heading into week two here um, that – you're you're talking about quickly 
they're turning this thing around. Like, I mean, I don't think I've ever seen a turnaround this quick in the NFL in a preseason, a Saturday game. And then right into a Thursday game. I mean, I guess you still kind of get the, a little bit of time with it, right? Like it's not, it's not terrible, but it's very, it's still a very, very quick turnaround to me. Um, I think I think you heard some good things about from Coach Flus there, especially about Tevin Jenkins. You know, getting that started right guard, uh, how he's going to play that out, how he's going to, uh, you know, see if he's going to get some time with the ones this season. I think that could be, uh, or, or uh, in this next game, not this season. I think that could be something that could work out for you, especially with what you saw out of Riley Reef early there, right? Just getting blown up. Uh, we got Tevin Jenkins at the podium right now. Let's go back out there to him. Y'all want to hear them, not me. Good. Feeling good. Well, I mean, y'all kind of want to hear me. So, uh, yeah, feeling good. 100% ready to roll. Um, I don't know what the plan is yet. I'm sure that'll be discussed this afternoon to us. But um, whatever it is, I'll be ready for. So, yeah. You just told us if guys can play, you want them to play. Mm -hmm. What's your mindset on getting some reps? Yeah. No, I'm I'm ready to play. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm just I go into it playing a full game, and whatever happens, happens. That's kind of the mindset you have to go with it. So. Um, yeah, we'll see where it goes. I mean, I'll talk to coaches later this afternoon and see kind of where their heads at with stuff. So, can you give some examples of, of where your continuity with Justin is now at a place where you feel comfortable as opposed to the two years that we've well documented mm -hmm. switching all the time? Yeah, well, I mean, obviously, just continue, you know, continuous quarterback play is, is a big deal. Um, you know, he's been the guy I've been catching balls with now since uh, the end of the year last year. So, um, that's the longest stretch I've been with one guy, really. And, um, you know, we're continuing to grow every day, get work after practice, things like that, and just kind of can continue to develop that feel for one another. Is there anything recently that you can pinpoint, like a specific example where you say, okay, that's the result, that's the feel that, that we're looking for? Yeah, I mean, well, just the discussions we have after practice or in between reps and, and, and how he wants to go about routes, how he, you know, visualizes me running it and, you know, how I visualize it, you know, versus a certain coverage. So, um, you know, we're just continuing to grow in that every day. And, you know, you're seeing so many different looks from, you know, our defense and, you know, defense will be going against. And, uh, you know, th those are good conversations to have. Well, what do you look at? What are, what are you trying to get out of a preseason game? If you're out there for 12 snaps, is it almost like being in the lab? You want to try some things out? You want to see how some of your off-season work has mm -hmm. will, will translate? Or is it? Um, yeah, you know, I think with the preseason game, like, it's no secret. Things are pretty vanilla. With, with, with what you're running and stuff. And I think it's just all about execution, you know, um, getting getting your points correct and being tech, technical sound and, you know, doing all the things that the coaches want to see. So um, I just think that execution aspect is probably the biggest deal, giving a you know, get a play, get in the huddle, um, you know, get into the ball and, and just executing a play. I think that's just kind of what it's for. And so that's kind of my focus going into these games. Have you, have you seen Justin kind of manage different players coming in and out of receivers and the injuries and kind of trying to bring guys along? I think he's been great. You know, you see his leadership qualities show up in that aspect. Um, we've had a lot of, you know, these last couple of weeks with guys being in and out, um, you know, a lot of a lot of guys in different positions. And he's done a really good job of kind of, you know, embracing every one of those guys and, and kind of showing them the way. So that's been really cool to see. You mentioned Ryan Griffin a couple of times previously. In what ways has he been valuable to you in terms of the experience and some of the things that he can help you with? Well, he's been around the league for a while now. Um, he's seen quite a bit of things. And, um, you know, he, he's a great – you know, true wide tight end um, in the league. You know, he's a big dude, much better than I thought he was uh, when you watch him, you know, on tape and things like that and you see him in person. He's a big guy. But, uh, you know, just how technically sound he is, you know, his execution and how he goes about his business every day, you know, just a pro's pro. So that's a guy that you definitely want to model after and, you know, he's had success in this league. Chase Allen has seen a lot of reps uh, since he went out. Yeah. What have you kind of seen from him, not just in that stretch, but throughout camp, you know? Yeah, he's like a lunch pail guy, you know, son of a coach, and uh, asks really good questions. You know, you know, you definitely notice that, and he's just a guy that comes to work every day and willing to do whatever it takes really to, you know, to make this team and make an impact. So he, he, he's put, he puts his head down every day and, and does what he has to do, and he's been doing a really good job, I think. Matt talked about the challenge of playing two games in five days in the preseason, yeah. which doesn't happen very often. Yeah. It's kind of crazy, yeah. yeah. How have you seen him kind of do this abbreviated week, and does it give you an indication of what it will be like when you've got a Thursday night game? Yeah, well, I think he's just paying attention to how guys' bodies are handling and, you know, the reps and all that stuff. Um, you know, we're still in camp, so we're still trying to get that work in. Um, but, you know, it shows you that, you know, he, he's, he's managing guys in, in a smart way and 
um, you know, he wants us to be fresh and, and play hard on you know on this Thursday and, and for games. So he's gonna he's gonna be mindful of that. All right, that was the uh, the quick stylings of Cole Komet there. He was real in and out on that one. Um, I mean, interesting interesting things about Cole Komet coming into this season. You really want to see how he's going to be able to attack. Um, I, like I've, I've told you guys, right, he is the Chicago Bears' biggest piece offensively, which is why I really wanted to see him. Uh, uh, in that first preseason game, getting those early reps. He is that bi- the Chicago Bears' biggest piece offensively to me. If you're going in a run-heavy style offense, why? You need that big body over the middle. You need that guy that you can drop things down into. You need that guy that you can throw uh, 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 that deep route – uh, uh, coming across the middle and have that big body to go up. Your receivers are not that big. And and the main guys, like I say, right, like Equinamius St. Brown, I, I get that he's been ahead of everybody in practice and all of that. I don't have a ton of like, oh, my God, this dude's going to be the next thing for the Chicago Bears. If you couldn't figure it out with Aaron Rodgers, I'm not too I, I'm not too expectant that you're going to figure it out here with Justin Fields. So for me, right, like I'm looking at this as Cole Komet has to be the biggest piece for the Chicago Bears coming into this season when you're talking about uh, uh, um, one of Justin's main targets on the offensive end passing the ball again one of the takeaways that, that and, and we'll talk about a little deeper right I'm going to get into my biggest takeaways from week one and week two or from week one of preseason heading into week two but one of the biggest things that I looked at was the Bears are running a run heavy style offense Like we've got, it's not Matt Nagy saying I'm going to run the ball and then never actually running the ball. No, the Chicago bears are going to run a run heavy style offense. And so that means that you're going to have to have a couple of, like I said, you're talking about 20 to 25 passes a game. Maybe you're talking about six or seven of those are probably going to start from behind the line of scrimmage. Where do those other passes go? You're probably going to have a couple deep ones. The Darnell Mooney, maybe Tajay Sharp keeps up what he's doing and is going to be able to, uh, 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 get a couple of deep shots in there as well. But I think Cole Komet has to be Justin Fields' biggest weapon this season. It's going to be the uh, uh, um, it's going to be the biggest key to Chicago Bears taking a step offensively this season is getting Cole Komet worked in there and working. And even right, you want to see him in the in the blocking scheme. You wanted the one thing I did like um, from Saturday's game is so weird to say Saturday from Saturday's game is that you saw him do well in the blocking scheme. You saw him uh, or, or you saw the bears do well with their blocking scheme, especially on the run blocking, right? The pass pro need a little work and we'll get into talking about, you know, kind of what Tevin Jenkins could bring to this offense. Um, the bears feel good about his skill set from everything we've heard. It was just a growth issue, but now, you know, kind of like all of that's died down. I don't know what that is. Um, KO sports talk says Equinamia St. Brown never got an opportunity to display his talents in green Bay. Uh, uh, Aaron was throwing him the ball. He kept dropping it. And if you keep dropping it, Aaron's going to throw it to you less and less and less and less and less and less. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> you're not going to get too many drops with Aaron Rodgers out here where he's just going to be like, nah, it's fine. Let's keep it going. Um, I think the big thing for me, right, and, and one of my bigger takeaways that that I, I took from that first game of the preseason heading into this next game, as I watched some of the All-22 tape on Justin Fields, is that I think you have a good start of an offensive line being built here. I think you have some good pieces in place here. Um, when you looked at, when you go back and you look at Braxton Jones tape, I mean, maybe you can find one or two. I, I wouldn't even say two legitimately. I can find one rep where I was like, he got dominated. I can find one rep in that entire thing where I was like, no, he got dominated on that one. Um, that that's tough. Now, can we plug in Tevin? Now, when Lucas Patrick is there, how does that look? Uh, is Cody Whitehair? Cody Whitehair got beat a couple of times, too. Is Cody Whitehair going to be able to kind of pick his game back up and get back to where he was at guard? Remember, he's been playing center for us for a long time here. So he's trying to kind of figure out where he's at positionally again. Uh, and then is Tevin Jenkins the answer right there? But I feel like you've got the buildings 
of a really good foundation on that offensive line. A lot of young pieces there. A lot of pieces that that are new in this position, right? Lucas Patrick didn't play a, a ton of center. He did play center in Green Bay, but didn't play a ton of center in Green Bay. Um and then, you know, you've got Tevin Jenkins, who has been a tackle his entire life, and now they're trying him out at guard, right, because they feel like he might be better there. Saw him getting the, uh, some run with the ones at guard. Maybe he will end up being the swing tackle there. But I, you know what? Like, I, I like that that's a situation that the Bears seem to have worked through. I like that that's a situation that the Bears seem to have at least figured out. And now we're starting to get him some play. And now he's getting a full a full set of run coming into the season, right? Um, I think that those are things that you have to look at and you have to feel good about with your team, especially if Ryan Poles went out and he got you a day one starting left tackle in the fifth round. You got to love that. I think that that's huge. I think that that's huge. The, one, the, the, the other thing that really stands out to me as far as a takeaway um, from the – the uh, 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 first preseason game is I, I have to, I mean, listen, I get it right. And here's the thing you got to take away vanilla offenses, vanilla defenses. That includes the Chicago bears. There were a lot of people complaining about the bears passing scheme and passing style. And they're not running nothing. They're, they're running simple stuff to try and see if Justin can, can beat guys in man to man. But here's the one thing that I will say. From a day one perspective, it really looks like Ryan Poles has a good eye for talent. It really looks like, you know, that was my one fear about losing pace, and there weren't many at all. It's literally my one fear. Ryan Pace was really good at drafting late-round talent. He was terrible drafting early talent, but he was really good at drafting late-round talent. And I didn't know if we were still going to be able to have that in the building with Ryan Pace gone. Most guys kind of hit on the big picks, stuff like that. They, they can find guys here and there throughout the draft, but they don't end up being consistent. But at a minimum, right, looking at where these guys are right now, it feels like Ryan Poles... Even when you look at Dominique Robinson, when you look at some of the guys that didn't get as much run, right? Uh, uh, um, Jack uh, Sanborn. Um, those are guys that I looked at and I was like, wow, like that was a really, I, I didn't even know who that was before this game started today. That was a really good pickup. So it feels like to me, Ryan Poles has a really good eye for talent here and that um, he he's kind of just trying to build this thing out with a very young team that's going to be able to grow with Justin Fields. And I feel like that is that leaves me feeling good about this Chicago Bears team. It really does. Um, Mustafa in the chat. Shout out to you guys all in the chat, man. Also, if you guys are listening on the podcast side of things, shout out to you for listening later. We do have the podcast up on all DSPs. We we, we will be posting Bears post game. We will be posting Bulls post games. Uh, we will be posting our, our daily show on the podcast side as well. So if you aren't subscribed to the podcast, make sure you subscribe to the podcast. Um and Baki dropping some breaking news in here. Uh, Bears are concerned that rookie center Doug Kramer has a lens frack injury, which is a seizing ending injury. If so, um, where'd you see that Baki? I didn't see that one yet. Now listen, my Twitter Baki Baki is the ultimate uh, um, Twitter scour, bro. He's got to have mugs. Everybody on um, on notification. Because Baki be getting notifications that I don't get. And I have quite a few people on notification. Um, so shout out to Baki. Uh, that's that's big news if that is what that if that's if that's serious, you know what I mean? Like that that could that could be that that's a hit to your depth, right? He's a rookie center. You weren't expecting a ton from him early on, but it's a hit to your depth on that offensive line. Uh, you want to have more depth on that offensive line than not. And I, I think that's a strength of the bears here, right? Like there's a, there's a lot of, uh, uh, um, and there it is in the discord. Shout out to Baki. Uh, is that Baki? Oh no. Rappaport just tweeted it. Uh, wait, hold on. Okay. No, that's a whole different thing. That's a whole different thing. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. Um, Here's the thing that I can say about the Bears coming into this season, right? Even with all the Tevin Jenkins noise, even with all of the, uh, you know, where's this offensive line going to be? And as soon as I want to make a point, we're going back out to the, <laughs> to the press conference. <laughs> Dang it. It's 
It's all good. Oh, my bad. Hold on, hold on. Yeah, it's, um, you know, I feel very blessed to be in the situation I am. But uh, at the same time, I try and help all the guys that come in and, um, you know, with anything I can, whether that be in the film room, whether that be on the field, whether that be, um, you know, individual drills, working our techniques and stuff. So, um, like I said, I'm very blessed. But uh, at the end of the day, I'm just trying to help our team win. With a guy like Tevin, who hasn't played very much, what can you do to help him? Yeah, I mean, I think the biggest thing is just moving inside from guard to tackle, or from tackle to guard, excuse me, is everything happens a little bit faster in there, I guess, if you will. Um, so just helping him play with his hands and, um, you know, get his footwork down and stuff like that, which, you know, comes in individual and stuff like that. But uh, also helping him, you know, learn tips and stuff on what to look for for inside guys, his stances, um, you know, and how to, how to get that edge over those guys as well system, the, the guards are, are challenged mentally more. In what ways would you describe the, some of the things you have to be aware of? I feel like there's just a lot more, um, you know, getting to the second level, um, you know, making sure that you're on the same page with, uh, you know, protection calls and stuff like that. So, um, you know, I feel like the other systems I was in, you didn't quite have to use your eyes as much at guard, I guess, if you will. But, uh there's a lot of responsibility that your eyes have to be right as far as getting to the second level and seeing different blitzes. You've said it, and a, a number of the guys on the old line have talked about how they like running in this offense. Why is it that an offensive lineman likes running? I think because, uh, you know, the best thing is, you know, get getting to the second level because, as we know, that you know, you secure the first, your, your first level and get to the second level. That's when the big plays happen, right? Um, you know, so I think the biggest thing for us is, is making sure we take the right angle to the second level and uh, sustaining our blocks there so we can create big, big plays. What's your takeaway on the, the 18 snaps you guys got on Saturday, just in terms of the run game efficiency and, and where you'd like to see it? Yeah, I mean, we, that was just a start for us. Um, obviously, we've, we've been going against our guys for, you know, three weeks, and it was, it was nice to go against somebody else to see where we're at. Um, obviously, we looked at the tape. We saw, you know, things that we – we weren't the happiest about. Um, we saw what we need to do to correct them, and now it's our job to correct those mistakes and get ready for Thursday. Cody, uh, what have you thought of the way that Tevin Jenkins has handled this? His attitude when he gets drafted here to be the left tackle for the next 10 years, then they move him over to right. Now they're moving him inside. Yeah, I mean, it's tough what he's had to go through. Um, you know, I think he's done a good job of staying the course and just um, – you know, trying to find ways to, to help this team. Um, you know, it, it's never easy to have to move different positions, but I think he's handled it well and, uh, you know, happy where he's at. The coaches have mentioned a few times how intelligent he is. Uh, and Getsy mentioned yesterday to Dan's question about the challenges of inside a guard, just what you have to know mentally. What, in what ways do you see that from Tevin where it comes out as a, as a is? I guess you <clears throat> I guess you see the way he studies. Um, you know, the way he answers questions is very detailed. When when a coach asks him a question, he, he answers it to the most detailed version that, uh, you know, he can answer. And, you know, I think it speaks to him athletically too. Um, you know, he's a, he's a big guy. Um, you know, and like I talked about, it's, it's the guards' responsibility to obviously secure the first level, but then, you know, sustain a block at the second level. And, you know, he's, he's athletic enough to do that. Um, you know, so I think that's a tribute to him. Is that something that kind of as an offensive line aren't particularly comfortable with? I mean, obviously you don't want to hear your name in a bad, any any bad situation. But, um, you know, I, th I think Tevin's done a good job of, of just trying to come in every day and focus and, and try and do the best he can. And, you know, that's all he's doing. There's obviously a premium on continuity once the bell rings for an offensive line. But in training camp, it seems like at least the last couple, you're always – Changing, interchanging, trying to find the right combination. Do you ever in your in your career have you ever had trepidation about like, hey, is this going to come together, or is it just natural to think, even with all these changes here, you you might have a new starting right guard week one today, and that it's going to work out? Yeah, I mean, it always 
Throughout training camp, I, I think the biggest thing about training camp is you're trying to find the best five guys um, so that when week one does hit, you're ready to roll with with those best five guys. Um, you know, and like you said, it it happens naturally. It really does. And then, you know, really all you need is, you know, a week to get ready. And, you know, by, the, by week one, we'll have that and we'll have continuity and we'll be ready to roll for sure. Yeah, Braxton is going to be a good player. Um, the way he studies, the way he understands stuff. Uh, he's very athletic. He's got great length. Um, you know, he, he uses his hands well. So I really like where Braxton's at right now. He's only going to continue to grow, and I'm, I'm really excited to see that growth. But you said that with such conviction, and obviously this kid was a you know, day three pick from Southern Utah. What strikes you about how quickly he's earned the confidence of somebody like you who's been in the league for seven, eight years. Yeah, I mean, obviously he's a young player, so he's still learning. Um, but I guess the way he cares, the way he the way he works, um, you can tell the kid really wants to be a good player. And that's all you can ask for as, as a guy that's an older guy in this league. You want somebody to put in the work who cares and is going to help the team grow. And that's that's what he's done. And I'm like I said, I'm really excited to see where he goes. Are you surprised by that? I mean, that's, that's rare for a rookie Yeah, it is, but, uh, you know, I think our department did a really good job of finding them. Um, they knew what they were looking for, and, you know, I think I think they found a good one in him. In terms of being a drafted bear who got a second contract, when you reflect back on, on the period where it was time to talk about that, what were the most stressful parts personally, right? I think a lot of people don't think about what that's like when players go through those. Yeah, I mean... There's definitely ups and downs when negotiations are going through. Um, but uh, I guess my biggest thing was I was going to focus on, you know, doing the right things on the field and all that other stuff will take care of itself. Um, but, I mean, it is stressful. I mean, you, your personal life, all this other stuff, you know, talking to your agents, this and this. But I think at the end of the day, if you focus on the field, all the other stuff will take care of itself. Thanks, Thanks guys. Little Cody White air action in there. Not mad at that. Good to hear from him. Uh, again, high praise, high praise for Braxton Jones. Uh, we've heard that multiple times from multiple people. And just based on what you can see on the field, uh, it really seems like a guy that's going to be a great pick for the Chicago Bears there. Um, I think it was, I think, I mean, listen, <laughs> that gets me excited, right? Like it took Ryan Pace four years to figure out, hey, I should draft an offensive lineman. And then he went and got a guard. Um, and, and didn't protect his second pick in the draft quarterback. It took Ryan Poles one day to go, nah, uh, we got to find a left tackle and seemingly find one. So I think those are things that you really key in on that you're really excited about. Uh, kind of going back to what Baki was talking about and the bears did make a signing. Um, and let me see if I can pull this up here on the screen. Hold on, hold on. Hold on. Uh, that wasn't it. Hold up. Bah, bah, bah. All right. We're not going. I ain't going to worry about it. I'll just, I'll read y'all the tweet. Uh, oh, no, not that one. Not that one. Let's, let's delete that. Let's delete the right thing here. What is going on? Bow. There we go. I think. And gone. Okay. Uh, so, per Brad Biggs, as tweeted to me by Baki, shout out to Baki in the chat. Uh, Bears are concerned rookie center Doug Kramer suffered a Liz, Liz Frank injury. If so, it would almost certainly be season ending. Now, not season ending. Now, the question is, what is a Liz Frank injury? Uh, Liz Frank joint injury is a type of injury to the bones or ligaments or both in the middle part of your foot in a lens frank in joint injury there's usually damage to the uh Cartilage covering the bones in the middle region of your foot, a cluster of small bones form an arch. Now, the recovery time for that is usually about six months to a year on that type of injury. Uh, now, of course, with with a entirely new thing, right? With an entirely new um, 
uh, or I'm sorry, with with a football staff behind you, right? It might be a little bit quicker than that. But the Bears did end up signing Corey Dublin today, uh, backup center again. I think that that could be kind of the kind of the writing on the wall there that they're not expecting Doug Kramer back anytime soon. Um, and so for me, right, like I, I look at it and I say, hey, that's a tough loss, but. Again, the point that I was going to make that you have to be excited about with this Chicago Bears team. How many people in here feel good about the five guys that we have up front right now? I feel good about Lucas Patrick. I feel good about Cody White here. I feel good about I feel really good about Braxton Jones, right? Of course, a rookie, he's going to have a learning curve. There's going to be some things that he struggles with this season, but I do feel good about him protecting Justin for the long run. I think you did a lot of good there getting Michael Schofield in the building. I think you've did a lot of good there getting Riley Reef in the building. I think you did a lot of good there getting uh, 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 Tevin Jenkins back kind of in the program here. Now you've got Tevin Jenkins there. I think you did some good by getting Larry Borm worked in there yeah I mean like we're talking about seven to eight guys on this offensive line that at a minimum you view and you say that's a decent player at a minimum you look at and you say he's a decent player he's a competent player at this position now of course Tevin Jenkins still a huge question mark but the Bears seem to feel really good about him um talent wise anyway don't know about anything else but at least talent wise the Chicago Bears seem to feel really good about him and then on the flip side of that right like Larry Borm, somebody that we viewed and said, well, like legitimately, if Braxton Jones wasn't there, I would feel okay if Larry Borm was our left guard or our left tackle. I would feel like he's going to be a competent left tackle. I would feel okay if Larry Borm was our left tackle. So when you look at those pieces, right, you have to feel a little bit better about your offensive line. Honestly, I mean, you you have to feel like Ryan Poles did a good job putting this thing together. And here's the thing. I know a lot of people wanted receivers. You wanted that big body that Justin could throw it up there too and go get. You wanted these guys that, that, that he could drop back and just more weapons, get him as many weapons as possible. He can't get at the weapons if he's on his back. And, I think when you're talking about, right, the development of a quarterback, and this is the one thing that I noticed when I looked at his all 22, by the way, I do want to, I do want to get a, for the members in the channel, want to get kind of a little members only you dig where we break down the all 22 film, working on some of that stuff. As y'all can see, it's a lot of solo stuff here. Your boy's tired. Um, so I got a lot going on all together. Um, so we're going to try and work through that and, and figure all that out. But Justin has a somewhat play clock in his head and you notice it when you go back and you watch the plays that he played in, when you watch the snaps where he drops back in, right? When he drops back there, I want to say the one where he slides and takes the shot vacated the pocket a little bit quick, but it's because you start to see the pocket kind of move. There wasn't much, it wasn't a great pocket there, but there was still enough of it where if he takes a little step to the side, he's able to make that throw. But that clock is still quick in his head. And you can tell that that clock is still, Hey, that's miles Garrett coming off the edge, looking to take my head off. Um, with a better offensive line, right, you're able to readjust that clock. With a better offensive line, you're able to kind of shift that so that the quarterback's able to stay in the pocket a little bit longer, be more comfortable in the pocket a little bit longer, right? Uh, and I think that that's going to be a key to the development of Justin Fields, kind of letting him know, listen, you don't have a ton of time, but you also don't have to rush it. Um, you have to find kind of that sweet spot, and that just comes from fixing, from figuring out what your offensive line is. But you have to have an offensive line in the first place for you to be able to figure out what that offensive line is so I think that was a major takeaway for me what the Chicago Bears were doing on the offensive line side of things I feel like that was a big part of uh, uh, especially right like even watching as the line continued throughout the day with the seconds and the thirds right now, Tevin Jenkins, rightfully so, was getting cooked when I tweeted out Tevin Jenkins is getting cooked. I mean, he was getting cooked, but he did end up kind of fighting his way back in it. Did make make a, I want to say four nice blocks in a row. Um, there was some where I think he was the only one that actually won his rep, right? So I think those are things that you got to play into it. I, I can attack a guy, but I also have to be fair to what their game is, right? So I, I think that if you feel that Tevin is that best player, best case scenario at that right guard position, then you put him out there. And I, I like that we we're seeing him get some work in there. I do feel good about this offensive line. I like that they went out. I don't know much about, uh, what's his name? Corey Dublin. Uh, I don't know much about him. Um, 
I can't say that I, I, I he's this great center or anything. Yeah, you know I mean, like I, I don't know. I just don't know much about him. Um, but I do know he's a big body. I think he's like six, four, 300 pounds, something like that. So somebody that can come in, be that backup position has a little bit of experience. So those are, those are things that, that you, I guess, look at and say that that's a step in the right direction. Um, drop the video on the whole Roquan situation today as well. And I want to hear you guys' thoughts on it, right? Like the the one thing that I love about going live on this channel, especially during the press conferences and stuff like that, is I get to hear you guys' thoughts. I get to talk with you guys. With the Roquan situation where it is right now, and they didn't talk about whether they're finding him or not. They said they're going to keep all of that in-house. But I dropped the video specifically talking about it. Do you feel like it's time for the Chicago Bears to start levying serious fines against Roquan Smith. And make sure you guys check out that video, right? I kind of hit it real quick and, and, and get into some different points on that. But I, I'm looking at this situation, and I feel like now, when you looked at what you had on the field, and this is a takeaway from that preseason game, when you looked at what you had on the field, where were they attacking us most? Until Jack Sanborn got in there, by the way. <laughs> but where were they really attacking us? They were picking apart that middle. They were picking that middle apart. And so how does this relate to the fines? To me, you have to make a decision on Roquan. You have to make a decision on Roquan because I don't think you're going to be able to get better at that position or at least move forward at that position if that's still hanging over your head. I looked at that. I looked at that game and I was just like, wow, like I, I don't know if we're going to be able to stop anything over the middle of the season. I mean, get, I get it, right? It's Pat Mahomes. It's a lot different if it's Daniel Jones going up against you. It's a lot different if it's uh, if it's uh, not well Tua Tagovailoa going up against you, right? It's a lot different if it's Marcus Mariota going up against you. And so it may look a little bit better. You may have time to do it, but I feel like you have to make this decision before you get to this next game because this is now the time where you're going to start to see the guys that are going to be on the field making plays. Game two, now remember, there's only three preseason games here. Game two is now where you're going to look at the guys that are on the field and say, okay, I like that. I like him. I like him. He's not going to make it. I really want him on the field. I want to have him out here. I want to have him out here. This is where you start to make your decisions as a head coach. You're not going to see these guys much in game three. You might see them for a rep. If there's some, it, it, maybe you, I, I'll say this. You might see, see the offensive line just because if you're trying to build up this rapport and this and, and get reps in with these guys, right? You want to see those best five get together and you want to see those best five work together. But when I'm looking at this game coming up, going to Seattle, and Roquan is traveling with the team, which I thought was interesting, right? That that was something that I didn't see in, uh, uh, or that, that I thought was a really interesting tidbit from Ryan, nope, wrong one, uh, from Matt Eberflus, is that Roquan's still with the team. Roquan's still on the sidelines for games. Roquan's still on the sidelines for practices here. So you're telling me now that he's a part of everything, but he's not contributing. You have to make a decision. I say in my video, I think the thing that you have to do, I, I, I want to see Ryan Poles. Hey, listen, Roquan, you got to find an agent. You've got to find an agent so we can hammer this thing out. Because what you're doing right now as far as around the league, which is wild with the whole situation, right? Where he's got like the 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 African dude that's cracking cards, uh uh breaking or calling teams out here, right? What what's buddy name? What what was buddy's name that's that's calling around to teams around the NFL trying to ask is is Ro, what is Roquan Smith's value to a team? That mess had me cracking up. I 
was like, Yo, what's his name? Like, Mbuku, do you have the dude from Black Panther right now calling around to teams, asking them about your trade value? Is that what we're seeing right here? By the way, uh, 145 in the building, man, 38 likes. Hit that like button. Subscribe to the page. We do talk Chicago Bears daily on this channel. Only channel talks Chicago Bears, how Chicago talks. Uh, we also talk Bulls. Uh, we might get into some White House. We will be live streaming the uh, WNBA uh, uh, playoffs this week as well. Saint Omni. Saint Omni. There it is. Um, huh? Bro, tell me that doesn't sound like he threw that in a name generator. And and it's Roquan calling with the uh with the with the uh the voice changer on, right? Like like Roquan, it's Roquan just on the phone, just Hello. I am calling to try and gauge the interest of Roquan Spit. <laughs> hey, we back at the podium, man. Hold on. Shout out to y'all for tuning in and rocking with us, bro. <laughs> I play well. I think the thing with Jaquan, I think you saw, is just as the game went on, his confidence grew, right? Um, and I think that's an awesome thing to see. You see that in young guys a lot. Like, they have a lot, they have the talent, but sometimes things start to move a little bit differently than they were in practice, right? It's a different offense, not what we've been seeing in training camp. So you saw his confidence grow and his playmaking came out. So I thought that was good. What was the feeling from, like, a trust factor with him, a rookie playing behind you, your backs to him? Just does it seem like you can trust him already that he's yeah. going to be in the right spot? Yeah, I mean, I think he has a good grasp of what we're doing defensively. Um, and there's some things, I mean, honestly, if I'm being real with you, there's some things we did to really get him going. Like some of the blitzes that we were doing was really to get the safety into the game and into the run fit. So, yeah, there's definitely a trust factor there. I think he's done a good job of everything they asked him to do, and he's playing well, he's playing fast. Yeah. What, what is the real actual impact of the Roquan situation and the team on the defense? You know, it's been a few weeks now, and, you know, he's, you know, he should be there. You want him there. And, you know, there's discord there. What, uh, he's a good player. What, what's the what's the real impact from from your from your position? Yeah. Uh, as far as like the entire team, I can't speak for them. I'll speak for myself, right? For me, I think you know he's he's in the building. Um, he's been in the meetings. He's been attentive in the meetings. We've talked about ball. Um, and whenever he gets out there, he get out there. As as far as what's going on contractually, I can't, I don't know anything about it honestly. So I can't really talk about it. But as far as him in the building, he's in the building. He's he's part of locker room, and. Um, that's the capacity of it right now. With, with rookies, you always know they're eventually going to be there. It's just kind of a, a right almost. But with him, it's a little different. Are you concerned that he might not be there at all? I mean, how certain are you that, that you're going to have him? I, man, one thing I learned about this league, there is no certainty. I have no certainty. I have no idea what's going to happen. But um, I wish the best for the Bears and obviously him. And I hope he's here. But if he's not, I mean, that is what it is. If he is great, that's all I can say on that end. No, I think the biggest reason I want to come here is one opportunity, and I've been I've been following Coach Everflus for a while. Um, I enjoy the scheme and want to be a part of it. Bro, I got to get me one of these hats. What was the feeling like amongst the defense on the field as you guys were trying to stop that drive, and then what were the conversations like on the sideline thereafter? Oh, uh, we had I mean opportunity there. I mean I don't I can't sit here and he's had practice. So I can't sit here and think about the game. Completely, but I know there's a couple of times we had him in third and long, like third and eight, uh, scramble drill, was able to get one in on us. Um, third and third and was short, you know, was able to get like a fullback um, dive in there. So there was a couple of times we had him. I think we just got to clean up our communication on third down. Um, we got a one on one on ones when we can. Um, we just got to be more efficient in the red zone as well. So those are some things that we can clean up and we go from there. And, and as far as commu communication on the sideline, just talking about those plays and just figuring out a way to, you know, play them better, honestly. Uh, one more question about Roquan real quick. Like, last week when he puts out that statement or, you know, the next day he comes off pup, like, just as a friend of his, are you, or, or teammate, are you guys talking about that stuff or is it something where it's just, like, kind of awkward and it's off something you don't talk about? No, nah, it's not awkward, bro. He's a, he's a people person, so, no, it's pretty, it's pretty standard as far as, you know, everyday talking to the locker room. No, I don't talk about him because I don't know anything about it. He's got him with you, so no. How happy were you guys in the linebacker room for Jackson Morton on Saturday? Oh, extremely, man. First off, he's, you know, Lake Zurich's home. We talk about that all the time. But he had a great game. I mean, you see him in the passing game for sure, like with the obviously the pick, but also the, the deflection he had on the sideline. Um, and then even.
seeing some of the other drops that he had. He was able to make a couple plays um, in open space. So it was, it was a really good thing to see. And you see his, like I said, once again with young guys, you kind of just see their confidence grow as the game goes on. And that's, that's exciting to see because the game of football, you know, when you get to this level, it's, you know, who knows the most? And I think they all kind of understand the scheme. The scheme's pretty simple. Um, but then it's just going out there and understanding, like, I can do this. I can play this. I can play these plays. I've done it before. It's just ball. And then you kind of see their confidence grow, and they start to make plays, and then they, they stack on that. And so I thought he did a good job of stacking on it for sure. Carry over, like, into the week? Oh, in practice? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, yes. I, mean, we, I think the, the ones did most of the practice today, so it's kind of hard to see on that, on that standpoint. But, yeah, his confidence is definitely still there. You know, we'll see. When it comes you know, Thursday. Sometimes in, in training camp, maybe often, the progress seems so incremental, it's almost hard <laughs> to discern uh, from, from the outside. What do you see from the inside? I, I mean, do you see it coming together, you know, from your linebacker's yeah. vantage point that uh, relative to other years you've been in the league, do you see it, this defense coming together? And anything you can point to that indicates that? Yeah, I think it's coming together. I think one thing you see is like, uh, I just say this, you know, with Gates, right? He he'd only he'd only been here for a couple of days. I mean, I don't know how long it's been. And you go out there and you see him plug and play and able to make plays, stay within the confines of the scheme. You didn't have any mental errors, and so you see that that's, that's kind of going towards doing the same thing over and over again, staying with your fundamentals and sticking to the, the philosophy of the defense. And so that's kind of encouraging, right? You see guys, you know, can come in, plug and play, and then able to have success because um, they believe into the scheme. Is that the way? Is that the way the defense is designed or built, or is it the way it's coached, or what? Oh, it's all of it, right? So it's obviously the scheme is simple, so that's that's the defense. But then obviously the coaching, right? Because Coach Gonzo and uh, Ryan Williams have done a good job. They get in there early with those guys and, and work with them, and whether that's a film session or a walkthrough on the grass or whatever it may be, so they're up to speed and they know what's going on. And then you get them in there, obviously in practice, and then sometimes even after practice they'll go over stuff. So. I think it's all encompassing, the scheme, coaching, even sometimes maybe even the players maybe working with them and stuff like that. And then them, them themselves, the work that they're putting in, yeah. Nick, with the game that he had on Saturday, it looks like Trent Gill may be a real weapon for you guys defensively. Yeah. What does it do for you guys when you come out on the field and you got the offense backed up inside the five, inside the ten? What's that do for you and what's the responsibility to kind of keep them there and not let them get two, three, four first downs? You said it. Keep, it, keep them backed up. That's that's the that's the philosophy. So whenever you get a, when you ever get a punter that can in a punt team unit as well, right? Because you got the gunners that can force those fair catches too. But uh, whenever you get a, a punter that can back guys up, I mean, now you got them in the you know within their ten yard line. That that play call gets a little smaller. So now you're only defending a couple of plays. That definitely does well for defense. And then you can also, if you want to, I don't I don't necessarily know the, the back the game plan right now. But if you want to, you can be aggressive with maybe a blitz or two or whatever you have in the game plan. You know. That was Nicholas Morrow from the Bears, and that's pretty much the end of the press conference. They dropped the thank you for watching. So uh, something I want to do when we get here, right, when we get to the end of these press conferences, um, I want to hear from you guys. I want to hear the questions from you guys. I want to hear what you guys are thinking about these press conferences as well. Drop some questions in the chat. If you haven't done so, hit that like button. Subscribe to the page. We do talk Chicago Bears daily. We won't be live tomorrow because the Bears won't be uh, won't be having any press conferences there. But uh, just, just let me know kind of how you guys are feeling about where this team is at. What are you guys' biggest takeaways from the Chicago Bears this season? Um or, or uh, this preseason, I should say. I think as I as we're heading into this week two of preseason, the thing that I want to see most heading into this second game, which really for the starters, right, is your final game. You might get a little bit of run, but for the most part, right, it's your final game. The thing that I want to see most is how does Justin use the other weapons that we didn't get to see in that first game, right? Like Tajay Sharp's nice. Um, Darnell Mooney, we know he's going to use him a ton. But how are they going to use Cole Komet? How are they going to use Valus Jones? How are they going to use, right? Like we saw that little end around, I think it was, with Equinamia St. Brown. Is, is that kind of the use that you're going to see? How does Justin use these other weapons? That That's the thing that I really want to see. And again, can this offensive line build off of what they did in the week one? 
Those are the two things that I really that really stand out to me for this team. On the defensive side, I think that I told you guys the defense is going to be able to create pressure. What did we see all last week? Now again, right? Even go back and rewatch that first drive with Pat Mahomes. Did Pat Mahomes carve us up? Yeah. Yeah, 100%. Pat Mahomes, boom, 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 touchdown. But a lot of players spending time in his backfield, a lot of players spending time in his grill, a lot of players spending time in his face. He just made plays. Just really good at making plays. He's one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL. You got to get home. You got to be quicker. But I'll tell you what, this defensive line at a minimum is in the backfield. Um, Kenny Ray says, scale of one to 10, how much faith do you have in coaching? You know what? I'm going to go with a six for you, Kenny Ray. Um, and, and here's the reason why. When the players are done, the scheme has to still be called. When the players are done, the scheme still has to be called. And, and what I mean by that is in preseason, right, what do we get? 18 reps, 20 reps of of Justin Fields and the starter and the starting unit. But that doesn't mean that you have to stop calling what's happening on the field. That doesn't mean that your offensive coordinator and your defensive coordinator don't keep calling plays against one of the best offensive minds in football in Andy Reid in that first game. I feel like the Bears have a scheme that fits the team that they're looking to build. And that they have built. I feel like the Bears have a scheme offensively and defensively that puts them in a position to at least be in the realm of making a play. Now the question is, will the talent live up to that uh, that you've chosen this season? And I think that's the biggest question that goes down to it. But scheme wise, as far as like seeing going forward with Coach Coach Flus and and Coach Getze and and Coach Williams, right? Like I feel like they're moving in the right direction on that. Um, what else we got? What else we got? Uh, Baki says, what I'm looking forward to seeing is how Braxton Jones responds and improves from his first preseason game. Yeah, that that's big. That's going to be big, right? Like, like I said, he only lost one rep, and now you know people are really going to be saying, okay, like, now we want to make sure we want to see why mugs are talking about you. We want to see why mugs are hyping you up, right? We want to, we want to break your spirit coming into the season. So, you know, they're going to really be going at him. That left side is Justin's most important side. Uh, Cause it's the side that he's not facing. So it's going to be interesting to see kind of what they do there. Um, I, I think the one thing that, that I'm looking forward to in this second preseason game is seeing how this team responds off of, having some success right like there, there's teams that have success and then they take that success into the next week and it's oh man we did this and we did that and we made this plan we made that plan and it doesn't mean a hill of beans when you get to the next week the guys that surprised me right I, I dropped the video talking about my biggest surprises Jack Sanborn how do you respond after having a heck of a week and he's still not running with the ones. You heard kind of Nicholas Morrow talk about that at the end of his, uh, when they were talking about Jack Sanborn in there, right? Like um, he, he didn't see him as much because he wasn't running with the ones. So they still have him kind of at this level and not really here. Not that guy that you want to put at that number one spot just yet. So there's still some development to go. There's still a ways to go, but I, I want to see how he responds. I want to see how, like you said, Braxton Jones responds. I want to see how Dominique Robinson responds. I want to see how Tristan Ebner responds, right? The guys that had success in their first game, Jaquan Brisker, the guys that made plays in their first game, how do you respond after having success in your first game? Because the Rooks looked good. The Rooks looked like they knew what was going on on the field. Kenny Ray says he wants to see uh, if Kyler Gordon can show out in his hometown. That's one thing, again, right? Like, that was something that I felt like I, I was a little let down that we didn't get in week one. I really wanted to see Kyler Gordon out there. Um, I wanted to see what he was going to be able to do opposite Jalen Johnson. Now, again, right, like, when we're going into this next game, if we if we see the again right like if we see Jaquan Brisker do what he does and Kyler Gordon's able to kind of replicate some of what we're seeing from Jalen Johnson on the other side, your defense might be three quarters fixed in one offseason. That's crazy to say. 
But your defense might be three quarters fixed in one offseason. Now, do you still need linebacker depth? Absolutely. Still need a little more depth on that defensive line? Absolutely. But you're talking about cornerstone pieces for a while. So that excites me for sure. I'm, I'm, I'm not going to lie to you. Like, that's the one thing that I, I've said, right? Like, while I l- would love to have Roquan Smith on this team, by no means am I worried about the Chicago Bears building a defense. While I would love to have Roquan Smith be a member of the Chicago Bears, hear me clearly on this. By no means am I worried about the Chicago Bears going out and finding Roquan Smith's replacement. There's only a certain amount of players that have done this in the NFL. and I keep getting that that tweet. Oh, Pat, you're so nonchalant on this. Uh, Roquan Smith is in a company with Ray Lewis and Brian Erlacher and Mike Ditka. Well, not Mike Ditka. He wasn't a linebacker. But uh, Dick Butkus, and that's it. I agree with you. But two of the three guys you named were Chicago Bears. I'm not worried about the Bears finding another linebacker. So for me, I'm looking at this whole situation as, hey, did we find out that we got another DB? Is Dominique Robinson something on the defensive line? Is he going to be opposite of uh, Travis Gibson coming coming up if we don't re up on Roquan or on uh, Robert Quinn? Oh, is Jaquan Brisker going to be a potential DPOY? Uh, a rookie DPOY candidate. You're making moves to fix your team and it's not the pretty moves. It's not the big moves. It's not the exciting moves, but it's moves that move your team in the right direction. I can see it. Um, who do we got? Who do we got? What else we got in the comments, man? Shout out to you guys for commenting in. If you guys haven't done so, hit that like button, man. Subscribe to the page. We do talk Chicago Bears daily on this channel. It's the only channel talking Bears, how Bears talk. Appreciate you guys for tuning in. Hey, uh, let's shout Baki says, let's shout out Coach T because he's talked about Tevin Jenkins getting a chance at guard for a while. Yeah, big shout out to Coach T, man. I love Coach T's show. Um, I, I love what Coach T's been doing over on his channel, man. Check out Chicago Bears 360. I've learned a lot. Uh, uh, just from a coaching standpoint on there. Yeah, I mean, so I, I, I love it, man. I love it. Uh, I love what he's love what he's doing over there. Um, man, I mean, we got a lot of content coming you guys way today. Uh, I have been I probably won't drop as much today or over the next week just because my dad legit just had back surgery yesterday, which is why I wasn't live yesterday for the press conference. So uh, I'm going to run up to the hospital and check on pops for a little minute and then run back here, probably record something, drop a video. We will be live uh, tomorrow. Actually, I was wrong. I said I won't be live. I'll probably be live tomorrow around 2 p.m. Um, because the Chicago Bulls are going to be dropping their schedule. So make sure you guys tune in with us on that. Um, also, make sure that you, if you got in here late, you want to hear the, the uh, uh, um, what's the word I'm looking for? You want to hear what, what was said, interviews and stuff like that. Make sure you guys check out the podcast platform. We're going to have that uh, up. And a little bit after this. So shout out to you guys for tuning in and showing love. Appreciate you guys sending the prayers for pop. Shout out to Bob uh, uh, Chimney uh, sending the prayers for my pops, man. Uh, appreciate that. Pops is doing well. He's out of surgery. Everything's going good. Um, he's feeling a lot better. So that was a, that was a big thing for him yesterday. So go check him out. Uh, make sure you check out all our content on the page. Got a Roquan Smith video up right now on the channel. So check that out as well. As always, man, it's your boy, Pat, the designer back at it again to continue watching our Chicago bears content. Click the links in the description below. Y'all stay safe out there, Chicago. Peace. Everybody in your crew identifies as either big Mac burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy sandwich. But you're the filet fish sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. 
And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.